a new development in the cyberpunk saga. And it really is feeling like a saga at this point. Man, I just can't. I've been reading these articles and I mean, I just finished reading one about the internal meetings with the developers confronting the executives and having just a whole, just letting it all out, letting it fly. Uh-huh. Because the frustration with this stuff, I mean, you think about working on something as intimately as you would be working on something. For a long period of Of time. this magnitude. And then to be received in a fashion what looks more and more to be the case to me, which is, even though you're sitting over there bragging about your whatever you got, your rig, and this and that. Me? Yeah, the way that you played the game. Well, I said I was privileged. Yeah, but you were, you know, you had yeah. a time. I, I did, yeah. And, and it can kind of, it, well, actually, it exposes to a certain extent how sometimes you can be quite blind to the experiences of others. Yes. A guy like you, privileged guy like <laughs> guy Will like do. <laughs> I said I feel for them. Although no. I, I do wish that I played the PS4 version and the Xbox One version. No, uh, for, so first of all, I'm joking around. Like I know. I uh, by you. calling you out, I'm just I'm just joking. But I, I do mean myself. I mean anybody that we're so... Well, and rightfully so. We're so... Distance? We're just really connected to the way that we see it of course and then and then and then when somebody comes from a different perspective we're not necessarily as open as we should be to the idea that those other experiences and i mean i'm just talking in general terms never mind mm -hmm. gaming mm -hmm. that there might be a point to it that maybe you should uh open your mind to the idea that your experience or your perspective is not the be all and end all and and there's, there's just a variety of variables with anything in life yeah that these things are complex is what i'm trying to say and and it's, it's not you can't boil something down to a headline or a title or i mean you can do it and you can get views and you can spread a message that way but it never fully encompasses the whole thing that's going on Particularly when you have something of this scale, cyberpunk scale, it's just impossible for us to pinpoint how success, how much of a success it was, how much of a failure it was, how much aggravation, like how do you measure aggravation? Obviously a refund is pretty aggravated. Person starts looking for a refund. Mm -hmm. It's just been so hard in this circumstance because most of the people I'm around have had a good experience with the game. Right, yeah. It's hard to compare when you don't have the other side. Um, I mean, we could boot it up. We could find an old PlayStation, and I'm I'm sort of curious at this point to actually experience it. Yeah, be like to to just see what everyone was dealing with. Of course, I can't now hmm. because speaking about those experiences and getting to the point of a refund, kind of being this key indicator to the level of aggravation people are feeling, it just went a step further right now. Sony has removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store. Removed it from the PlayStation Store, the most anticipated game of the last decade. Removed 
from the main console digital download platform, yeah. platform that exists. The biggest install base, the biggest opportunity for the game, yeah. the biggest opportunity for players. I understand everybody's got PCs, but people don't have PCs for this game. Yeah. I heard the spread was uh, around 60-40. 40% were console buyers who, who bought the game. Mm -hmm. So 40% are everything else. Yeah. No, 40% is PlayStation and Xbox. Right. Um, and 60% is, is PC and game streaming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So within that, I mean, it could be 50% PS PlayStation buyers around there. Yeah, probably higher because the install base globally of the PS4 outsold the Xbox One substantially. Right. So it's, it's even more so. You're talking and, about millions of players. Well, yeah, exactly. because because the speculation was 10 million copies of the game, something like that. So, yeah, you're you're definitely talking about millions of players. Yeah, you're talking about an enormous number of players, and you're talking about a huge opportunity because I don't know if you know what's around the corner here, Will. Yeah. A little holiday. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a little a little holiday event going on where a bunch of uh, youngsters and and oldsters are going to be unwrapping PlayStation Fives and Xbox Series Xs and whatever else. And they, because it, wait a second, wait a second. If it comes off the PlayStation store, it comes off the PS5 too. Yes. I mean. Yeah. Oh boy, that's rough because the PlayStation 5 was playing it okay. Yeah, it ran well. This is weird news. Mm -hmm. Now, it appears that the decision, not a light decision to make, was actually made in collaboration between CD Projekt and Sony that they kind of came to the conclusion they one of the problems here is the Sony's policy around game refunds for digital downloads. They don't have a policy. You play the game, it's your game. No refund. They made exceptions in a handful of cases. This seems like an exception within the exceptions. Mm -hmm. Where it was so vast Very that they're specific. sitting there saying, "We are busting our policy wide open here. How do we go and enforce this with any other games after this because this because of how big this is so one way we get around it we delist the game completely mm -hmm. so we say okay we have this unique policy applying to this enormous number of refunds but the game is not on our platform anymore mm. so therefore it has its own set set of rules because it's no longer supported yeah but keep in mind you could still buy the physical copy you can still buy and the physical copy of the game, and if you do have the digital download, you are not forced to get a refund for it. Mm -hmm. You can leave it on your system, and CD Projekt says, we're going to support it, we're going to yes. fix it, we're going to keep working on it. Yep. So if you're committed to it. But mm -hmm. I'm talking about those people that unbox that brand new PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, which is you. enough horsepower to run the game, and mm -hmm. not the root of most of these problems, though I don't know that those experiences are perfect. Mm -hmm. If I'm a youngster... Well, it is a mature game, mm -hmm. but you know what I'm saying a youngster. If I'm 14, 15, yeah. I'm probably looking for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, huh? I mean, yeah. I might be. Mm -hmm. In which case, I get that system, and it's a bit of a letdown that now I got to go find a physical copy. Uh, or there's just going to be a headache around trying to acquire this game, even if I... 
but they, what else could they do? This is what I was talking about when the stuff first started happening. People were having real issues, Will. And what else were they going to do? They couldn't. You couldn't be issuing all these refunds and then selling more copies of it at the same time. It doesn't make any of sense. Of course. You got to get to the root of it. You got to get to the root of it. You got to mm -hmm. slow down the bleeding. You got to slow down the, the bleeding so you can make it into surgery. Mm. And you can't just treat the symptom. You got to treat the disease. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You got to nip it. I just had to take a sip of my orange Pico. Apologize You're for that. You're a tea guy. I, uh, I'm testing out some tea right now. Yeah. It's very high-end McDonald's orange Pico. All right. Classy. And I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's working out. It's not bad? Yeah, no, okay. I think it's working All out. Right. All right. Although I don't understand the orange component because it's not really evident, the orange aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is it's a it's a rough situation. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That's for sure. And CD Projekt has said, "Look, we're going to get back on the store." Right? I don't know if they said it in those words, but yeah, there you go. It's at the bottom. We are working hard to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to the PlayStation Store as soon as possible. As soon as possible. I don't know what they're going to have to prove or what they're going to have to be able to solve how long it's going to take to get it back there. But if I'm a developer, if I'm an executive, if I'm anybody associated with this project, I'm upset, man. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a huge user base. I want people to experience my work. I want people to enjoy, to, to, to remember this experience fondly, this thing that mm -hmm. I've been working on for however long. And it's definitely cloudy right now. Yeah. As far and as this game's concerned. Yeah, all of this launch debacle is, yeah, it's, it's masked. And then... You have a great game if you can play it. I know, but it's, you see, you feel game. guilty even saying that, Will, because yeah. you're just rubbing it in again. <laughs> you see how that goes? No. No, I, I know, know, but it is, it, isn't it weird that, like, I've heard other people say similar things where uh, reviewers who got the PC version of the game are coming out now and saying, sorry. Yeah. They're saying, look, we only got the PC version. We we When we gave it a whatever, and the score of nine or what, I don't know, I didn't, whatever it happened to be. Now they're having to put disclaimer in there. They can't even rave about something they really enjoyed. Yeah. Because you feel guilty that you may encourage somebody to go out and per try to purchase that experience for themselves on an alternate platform and have a completely different experience. Right. Now there's just like this weird transition phase with the last gen consoles, the current gen, and then the PC. Yeah. And then you have streaming, but then it's just a wide range of quality control for yeah. this game that it's hard to really uh, review the product as a general. It has to be re re uh, reviewed in like a certain fragment. Yeah, per, per platform, yeah. unless everybody just adopts game streaming at some point. Mm -hmm. And then it's just it's just approved on that, whatever uh, processing horsepower requirements necessary and then it just comes down to bandwidth and yeah. it's your own problem i think it'll be back on the store i think it's good business for everyone i think this is the right business move for a retailer uh like like the playstation store and for a cd project it's the right move the right thing to do put it on pause for now if somebody really needs to get the game they can get the physical copy but what what about hold up hold up you unbox the digital only version of the ps5 oh, no. for christmas yeah you're dead. Yeah. You're actually dead. If you even don't, like, 
you're dead. It's a rough one. Couple of sponsors today. Kick it off with Hawthorne. You may remember this sponsor. Uh, we talked about how you can take this quiz online, very exciting, and figure out what kind of a man you really are. What yeah, kind of a guy you see. really are. Oh, your name's already in here. Yeah, my name's already in there. And you answer a series of questions relating to, well, your hygiene, your preferences, your skin type. Because the truth of the matter is it's complicated when you're talking about personal hygiene products, Will. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. You ever look at this stuff? Uh, serums and rubs and scents. And, and chances are you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I know you don't know what you're doing. No idea. And so you, you do this, uh, this uh, quick little survey. And I'll tell you, I've had a variety of experiences with various cleansing products. You know, you pick up some body wash you didn't use previously and it's not the right skin type and you're, and you're dry. Mm -hmm. And you're dry and you're scaling up. and Yeah, it's worse during the winter time. And, and the winter as well. Yeah. And so it can be a bad situation. Anyway, what happens over here is by doing the quiz, the products that get recommended to you for personal hygiene, of course, there's a variety of products, including uh, uh, cleansing in the shower, uh, shampoos and uh, cologne, soap, body wash, etc. It will be based on your, your, your personal preference and your, and your issues and all the rest of it that, that are unique to you because we're all unique individuals. Yeah. Same goes for antiperspirants. Well, I mean, here's an example. One of the questions, what kind of deodorant do you use? Regular, all natural, antiperspirant, other. You see, and then now it's going to make the recommendation based on what you're looking for, how often you have to apply it, how sweaty you are, because I know you got the sweat thing going on as well. Yeah, uh, always. <laughs> Is that true or did I just make that up? Well, well I have hyperhidrosis. Whoa, easy, man. Throwing that at us. Well, I'm just saying. So you got to put that. You got to put that aspect in your quiz. Don't I put it on yeah. mine. Uh, anyway, they're gonna they're gonna select the best products for you, and you're gonna get this this real custom result. It's very exciting. I mean, they even ask you what you prefer, what your drink of choice is, because it all has to do with your your personal uniqueness and your psychology. It's a tailored personal care experience for you guys to feel and smell your best. If you want to upgrade your self-care routine, Hawthorne is a fun and convenient way to get super high-quality products tailored specifically for your needs. Hawthorne even takes the risk out of it by giving you free shipping on your order and returns, and if you don't like your products, they'll even retailer them for you based on your feedback. It's a total of over 500,000 combinations of goods for you. You can see this is, is this what I get or is this what you get? That's what you get. I get a citrus and woody work cologne and a soft and airy sandalwood play cologne. Play. Now when it comes to my face routine, I get a hydrating face cleanser. Did you know I was dry over here? Can you see it from oh, there? Oh yeah, I can tell from you here. You can see it from there. I got a an SPF 30 on the face. I got a de-puffing eye cream, which, again, I feel like you can see it from here. A rough night. The little puppy got me over like 6.30 a.m., and I, I could have used a de-puff. You have uh, anti-frizz shampoo. Well, I, of course I need that as well. 
and some you calming like conditioner. So you get these the recommendations, day. and you can go in there and tweak it for yourself. Uh, the body wash, the deodorant, all the rest of it. And you can catch a deal right now. This is uh, this could really upgrade your routine, upgrade yourself. All you got to do is head over to hawthorne.co and use the promo code Lou later to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Promo code Lou later, hawthorne.co, promo code Lou later. I'll drop a link in the description as well. Don't forget the promo code. You get 10% off, and you also support the show when you use that promo code. Next up, we have Brooke Linen, and this is this is another upgrade for your life. This is an upgrade in the bedroom, mm. and I don't know who doesn't need an upgrade in the bedroom. I'll tell you what. Mm. Uh, this is going to soften things up for you. It's going to... It's gonna it's gonna make your your sleep experience buttery smooth, because I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, what's that? Uh you've been hanging onto those sheets too long. Mm. Yeah, those old sandpaper sheets you've been using. No. Yeah, you've been it's holding not good on for to- my skin. No, it's not. And nope. then you need the you need the other you need the Hawthorne to fix you up on the skin. How about we start? With some softness to begin with. Oh, okay. And then you're going to catch a better sleep. And you're just going to be better off in general. It's multiple upgrades. We got the linen sheets over here, man. If you didn't feel a good linen before, mm. I'll tell you what, you haven't lived. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned. You feel a good linen. Comforters. Washed linen. I mean, they got cashmere on there. They got furniture as well. This is a, this is a grown-up thing to do. Yeah. This is a thing a man does. Oh, yeah. A man of a certain age. Yeah, I don't doubt that. He finally realizes the value of a quality linen. Now, it doesn't end there. Uh, as you're uh, showcasing on the site now, there's towels and various other home goods. There's also loungewear on there. Very soft men's loungewear. Plain stuff, which I like. You like. Yeah, Texture. Hoodies. Sweatshirts. T-shirts. Things like this. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. You know how much time you spend in bed in your life, Will? Maybe in the past you looked at some retailers and you calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and you gave up. Trust me, check out Brooklyn and they make it easy. Of course you do it all online because you do everything online right now. Brooklyn has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting They're so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with, listen, a lifetime warranty. Mm. They got pillows on there as well. You know, the pillow's big as well. You got to have a nice pillow, Will. Oh, yeah. Can't be uh, stingy on that either. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com. Use promo code Lou later. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping. B-R-O-O-K-L-I. N-E-N.com and enter promo code Lou later, 10% off your first order plus free shipping. That's brooklinen.com, promo code Lou later. I'll drop a link in the description. Don't forget the promo code Lou later. How about this, Will? We just talked about one of the most graphically intense games ever, utilizing a very new gaming technology, ray tracing. Uh, they've, they obviously had difficulty delivering that across multiple platforms, including console platforms. What if I were to tell you uh, we just got some ray tracing evidence on the SNES? That's the Super Nintendo, by the way. 
Oh. Yeah, Super RT. Wow, they do uh, 3D graphics. I remember um, Star Fox. Yeah. They, they did. Star uh, Fox, you needed a little adapter on the cartridge for that extra horsepower. It was not a normal cartridge. Oh, really? Am I wrong about that? I believe I believe that's the case. Look it up. Star Fox cartridge. I think it was a little different. Look it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Are you talking about the Rumble Pack for N64? No, no, not the Rumble Pack. I think it had Or was is that a No, it's different, right? Uh I, We're talking about Super Nintendo, not N64. Yeah. This one. This cartridge. Let's see what it says. <laughs> no, let's see what it says. Star Fox and Yoshi's Island both added processing power to SNES by adding another processor to the game cartridge. Oh, you, uh, is it this little chip thing? Yeah, that must be it right there. Is it inside the cartridge? Yeah, it's in there. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, it's been done before, but definitely <laughs> okay. not for ray tracing. I guess just to right. take performance to another level. Wow, is that a clear version wow star fox 2 cool. look at that transparent i guess that's more opaque mm. anyway so this guy builds the super rt let me give it let me give the correct shout out right here it was who's responsible for such a thing it's a YouTube channel. Shiraneko Labs. What? It's in the vi it's in the video. No, his name is Carter. Something Carter. Okay. No? Well, it's in the YouTube video. Am I crazy here? Okay, you're shouting out the YouTube video. I guess that's the main thing. People can find it. This is a wild. I don't know. It's crazy what people can do. Mm -hmm. uh, just you would never expect it. You have ray tracing inside of Super Nintendo, and it's a real thing that's happening with the light elements reflections. Now, obviously, still heavily limited by resolution here, but look at that cube in the back. Oh, yeah. Real-time reflections. Real-time reflections. SNES. Imagine the how different our reality would have been had this had that rolled out at that moment. I'm sure it couldn't have. Mm. But I'm trying to picture young Lou interacting with Super RT. Picture that version of Mario on SNES. Your head would explode. Real-time ray-traced Mario back then. Uh, it's a kind of funny project. It's called Super RT. It's a mod. And it offers an alternate look. And uh, I don't know that you can do anything with it personally. I suppose you could also experiment yourself. Mm -hmm. But this is more of a kind of, uh, I suppose it's a, 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 what would you call it? A scientific project uh, just for the love of the game yeah, type of thing. It doesn't seem to be commercially viable, Will. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. People are collecting cards like crazy. Yeah. So If it, if it can run... 30, 24 frames per second, it's playable. You're happy? Play okay. <laughs> you can go pick up those. Yeah. I don't know, Will. PlayStation 5 restock, apparently hitting the website later today, time we're filming this. You can find these. 
You can find PlayStation. Did you know that? Friend of mine was over there at the shoppers. Huh? Just got a they just got a shipment. Oh. PlayStation 5s. Just the other day. So they're not sold out. It's like two days ago. I don't know. Are they sold out or have the bots and the resellers gotten so good at tracking them, they're just increasing their inventory hmm. and sitting and waiting. Because you think about the resale market dips hard once the volume of resale buyers falls off. Like, they need to get them off the street as quickly as possible to keep the value of their own up. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's the bots that use the digital version, like the websites. Yeah. No, no, no. Of course. Like a brick and mortar. Not real world androids walking yeah. in there. Yeah. Like if, if it's a brick and mortar, people can go and get it. Yeah. If it was like announced, but there's no web version, like where you can buy it online. You have to actually go to the store. Yeah, I know. But the and, problem and is it's the Corona. It's, exactly. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of these resellers though will they go beyond the bots and they get really good at knowing where the next restock is going to be and they can, i mean they can even set up if they're making enough money they could even cut somebody in that's when that true. shipment arrives and be first in line and i'm not saying that's what they're doing i'm just saying it, you know it would be feasible you could imagine that happening anyway i feel and this is just completely me uh this is a hypothesis. I mean, it probably isn't even a hypothesis, just a prediction. Mm. That we're going to see a lot of volume of these things immediately after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like all the resale stuff is going to cool. Like it's just not going to be sustainable. Mm. And this is just guesswork for me and hearing and seeing them pop up physically and Sony's commitment to getting them out there, meeting demand. I don't think that this scarcity is going to hold up for for like another month or something. Right. That's just a guess. I, I agree. It's just a guess. Yeah. But anyway, one of the one of the indicators there, Sony's own website, Sony Direct, 6.15 p.m. today, going to be adding more units of both the digital and the disc version. And uh, you can get, they're doing it a little bit differently this time with a randomizer. So as long as you get there by 1 p.m. Eastern, what that's right now, you'd have to go right now, then you're in the line, you're in the queue, and you're not in the queue based on your arrival time. As long as you're, you know, between one and six or whatever, you're, mm. it's randomized. And so everybody has a chance. That's my understanding. That's what, I mean, that's what the tweet says here. Today's queue is different from previous. Your queue placement is random as long as you load the page before 1 p.m. When, when the PS5 console inventory becomes available, you'll be assigned a random place in the queue. So b before 1 p.m. So I guess you're late now at this point. Leave the thing open for however long. But I'm saying I'm not stressing as much anymore. Plus, I guess there's probably some people that are still trying to nail it before Christmas. So there's still money to be made for those resellers, but they're running out of time. Mm -hmm. And if it's me, I mean, I know it's a tough sell to say if you're trying to get it for your kids or something, but uh, you're probably going to be able to pick it up right after Christmas. So you, you tell the kids, listen. You yeah, buy them the controller. You buy them the controller. And yeah, just say, hype Look. them up. Yeah, get them a yeah. controller. Maybe a physical disc or something. So you feel really good about it. And then you say, Look, right after Christmas, I'm, mm. I'm sure I'm going to get you this thing. Yeah. I'm sure your kids will understand. Of course they won't. They're kids. They're going to be crying. Yeah. Don't do that. 
Pay double. Go find one right now. Yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Holy moly with the, with, the, with the AirPods Max. Just talk about this moments ago. About the weirdness around turning these things off. <laughs> oh, by the way, we acquired, we've got the AirPods Max in the house. Yeah, we got a few. Shooting a, a few. video today. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I'm on my way. Pick them up. I'm staying open-minded. Don't take this content and and don't take these conversations to mean that that the glass is half empty. My glass is half full, at least. Might be three quarter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bit filled up there. Might be three quarter. I just like headphones, and I like making videos about headphones. I like listening to headphones. I like music. So it's just an exciting topic for me. I understand other you know, people's aggravation, the price and everything else. But, but I still feel the need to talk about stuff like this because, look, nothing is perfect. Nobody's perfect. No product is perfect. I mean, that would be no fun if everything was. Mm-hmm. And this power button thing is just seems to me to be so Apple. Mm-hmm. It's so Apple. Like, come on. You have the giant digital crown thing right there. What if you just press and hold it for three seconds? Can I turn my headphones off, please? Right. I'm stressing out thinking about having to live in their low-power mode universe. Right. Now, we did a whole segment on how you can find workarounds to turn them off with magnets. Obviously, nobody is doing that. You can put them in the case, which puts them in low-power mode, but there's just a lot of confusion around how the whole thing works. Well, now we have an actual statement from Apple. They've obviously heard the cries, and they're going to talk about it, say something about it. So... Here's a quote. If you set your AirPods Max down and leave them stationary for five minutes, they go into a low power mode to preserve battery charge. After 72 hours stationary out of the smart case, then the AirPods Max go into a lower power mode that turns off Bluetooth and Find My, the Find My feature, to preserve battery life further. So if you place them down on the table they will eventually hit the same super low power mode that they would hit in the case, but it would take 72 hours to get there. The initial low power mode, post five minutes not being used, is not as efficient as the ultra low power mode that you would achieve in Mm -hmm. the case or after 72 hours having been placed on the surface. Got it, Will? Yes. By comparison, if you put the AirPods Max into the smart case... They go into a low power mode immediately. So you skip the first five minutes. They go to that initial low power phase. Then they don't hit the full ultra low power mode, which turns off Bluetooth and preserves battery very similar to Mm -hmm. an off mode. That doesn't start until 18 hours after having been in the case. Hmm. Now. It's better than three days, I guess. Oh, it's way better than three days. For sure. If you... I mean, I leave my gadgets out all the time. And there's nothing worse than coming back to a gadget and it's dead. Mm -hmm. I I understand with these headphones nowadays, you can charge it for five minutes and get an hour of listening. So it's not as big of an issue. But it's just funny that 
Apple goes after and attacks these incredibly complex concepts like computational audio and and uh, spatial, spatial audio. like spatial audio. I guess is part of what they consider computational audio. And then they do weird things like the case and the lack of an off, like simple things that would be easy to do because they want to find solution solutions to problems that people didn't even think were problems, like a power button. Right. Now I'll admit, sometimes they hit the mark, sometimes they don't. It's hard, you know. It's hard to do this kind of stuff and to know where and how exactly to implement these things. I'm glad to know that it does hit the ultra low power mode after a period of time, mm -hmm. but it's a weird number. Why 72 hours? Mm -hmm. I guess they probably figured that the drop and go type of person is more interested in picking them up and using them quickly yes. than they are in uh, power efficiency. Therefore, the 72 hour thing means that they could pick them up at any time and they're really fast, Bluetooth, ready to go, quick switching. Mm -hmm. They prioritized convenience on that front as opposed to convenience on the power down front. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a, it's a choice that was, was made. I still think if you had the option in software to just more aggressively power save, if you wanted to make power priority so that they don't have to wait 72 hours to hit ultra low, then you could just toggle a simple switch in the software. Like that would be the ideal scenario. I don't know if Apple plans on doing that, but at least we have a little more clarity on how it actually operates. What's your idea about having a having a battery in the case? Kind of like AirPods. Yeah, it would so be So then it would just The problem is that the, the headphones are already long. way heavier than your your usual uh Bluetooth headphones. Mm -hmm. They're like more than 100 grams more than many of what you would consider to be the competition, which is a lot considering that like the Sony product and Bose and the rest of it are in the 200s for, for 220, 250 Is it because of the battery ramps? It's because they're made the out of metal. They're very fancy. Uh, it's just the materials really, mostly, mm -hmm. that are contributing to that weight. So if you start putting a battery in the case as well, now you got a 500 gram package, maybe more, and the whole thing is just not really feeling like you want to travel with it. I mean, it already is bigger than a folding over ear headphone to begin with. But And you know, Apple wants to keep their other features turned on, like Find My, if you misplace them or drop right. them down and don't come back. And maybe they think, hey, you got a 72-hour buffer if you leave the things placed down on a tabletop. You got a 72-hour buffer to go right. find them because they don't die and turn on. So they have they probably have a reason for all of this. And just like everything else when it comes to Apple or life, you got to look at it through your lens, through your glass. You can look at it optimistically and say, "Oh, there's probably a reason for it." If you're an Apple fan, if you're on the flip side and for whatever reason you resent Apple, then you could say this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I like your feature, it should be turned on by automatic, but you should also give me the manual override if I want it. Mm -hmm. Right? There's two sides to the thing. But nonetheless, it gives us some clarity. I'm glad they at least made that information available. So we know it will eventually hit that low power mode. Yeah. It'll just take a little longer if you don't utilize their case, which, well, their case is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Apple, the uh, Wistron situation has, has some new developments, some new information. A lot of people tweeted me after I talked about it on the previous episode. I'll just do a quick recap on that. 
uh, India has been moving aggressively to acquire some of the manufacturing for high-profile smartphone companies, Apple included. We have this relatively recent, relatively new plant outside of Bangalore, the tech hub of India. And uh, this place tasked with manufacturing iPhone SE and iPhone 7, I believe. I think mostly, if not completely, for the domestic market. All kinds of incentives and things to uh, do some portion of the assembly local for the Indian market. We talked about that in the past as well. And we got some video footage, I guess a couple of days ago at this point, upset workers, smashing a place, uh, rioting, very just just obviously not satisfied with the arrangement. Mm -hmm. Now this plant, according to this, this new article I'm seeing here from SCMP, this plant apparently in a location, uh, not the most affluent location. In other words, people need to work over there. And so very important employment, I should say, as a, as a way, people need work everywhere. Mm -hmm. On my top, I've just important employ a lot of people, 10,500 workers, well. And so it, repre it represents pretty significant opportunity for the region. So you wonder, hey, what kind of uh, leniency is there going to be for how they run this place because of how important it is to that municipality, to that region, to that province, to that country, for that matter? Are they going to get special treatment from the authorities and how they can treat people. Mm. And that's the concern, right? That there will be leverage because it does represent this, this uh, economic potential. Well, anyway, there's a new report from those state authorities who went and did an investigation after the event took place. Now, they did arrest some people who were acting a certain way because you still can't act a certain way there's other means you're supposed to take, obviously, if you're disgruntled. So some people were still arrested for the behavior, but the Karnataka state authorities went in there and found that the Taiwanese-run firm did not have enough staff to manage the 10,500 workers. And there, there were exploitive practices going on, Will. That's according to their investigation. Hmm. Uh, suggesting wage underpayments, which we talked about in the original story, that the wages that were agreed upon were possibly not met. Or, I mean, they're saying they just weren't met. Mm -hmm. Irregular work hours and poor working conditions. They're saying all these things were common at the plant. Now, I dig into this article and, first of all, just real quick, $7 million worth of damage. That's a tremendous amount. I mean, they must have just smashed everything. $7 million. USD. Like, like, they must have just destroyed the whole place. It, it would be uh, tough to get it back up and running, I'd imagine. So one thing that struck me in this particular article was a weird section about guys that were making side deals inside of the plant. Allegations of middlemen exploiting the contract workers. Most of these workers on contract, well, not employees per se. I think it's around yeah, no 80, benefits or anything. 8,500 of the 10,500, I believe, contract workers. So allegations that there are middlemen inside there exploiting the contract workers and skimming from their wages. Mm. 
Police are looking into the role of six contractors who acted as go-betweens for Wistron. They reportedly lured workers by promising them an additional allowance if they forewent breaks. Did they get more money if they skipped their breaks or something? Kind of like in their influencing. Right, right. Middlemen. And I guess they would then they, they would then themselves get a piece of the extra of the extra amount. And maybe this is where some of the confusion could come from what you're actually getting paid versus what, what is skimmed. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of under the table. But although they're not even getting paid like what they were owed. That's the accusation. You know. That they weren't that their original agreements were not met, that people were seeing their paychecks diminished. Uh, very complicated situation. Apple, of course, running their very own investigation at the moment. But the local authorities, you know, they seem to be, for the most part, they did look. They uh, arrested 150 workers for charges of unlawful assembly and rioting. And they're investigating another 5,000. But the place employs 10,500. So there's 5,500 5, people who were just... Well, basically mistreated, according to this, and weren't even a part of the destruction. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the investigation seems to indicate that there is some level of mistreatment going on here, affecting a large number of people, and Apple's going to have to do something about it. Really, I mean, that's what it boils down to. This is, I know it has a big Wistron badge on it, but they're making iPhones. That's Apple's product. In fact, the locals just refer to the place as the iPhone factory. Right. As you would. Mm -hmm. So the badge on the outside might not be an Apple logo, but this is Apple's problem. And they got to get in there and sort this one out. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, just just dedicate more resources to making sure that this kind of stuff can't happen because it's a bad look for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And you would hate to see it go either way. You would hate to see it where the jobs had to leave completely right you would hate where the, the employment and the opportunity has to leave completely because these are i mean it's a high tech obviously not high paying for the time being but like yeah. it represents opportunity you hope there's a a way to salvage what's going on there mm -hmm. and uh apple's big enough i believe they can make it happen yeah. i believe they can figure it out speaking of figuring things out here's an article from Business Insider, are Texas and Florida the new California and New York? Did you know that, Will? Um, I mean, they put, a, they put a question mark, but let's just take that part off. Texas and Florida are the new California. Texas and Florida are the new California and New York. Did you know that? I believe Texas. Oh. They have like a very startup mentality there. Okay. Okay. But uh, you, know, you, you know, as far as state income tax, Florida's the same thing. Is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. So... Here's, how, right, here, here's what's happening. Mass exodus, obviously. People people don't like that you... Sometimes when you... Just talk down on California? Well, well, no, just more that you imply that everyone is leaving. I mean, you can say mass exodus without... It doesn't have to be everyone. It can just be more than usual. We'll just say an exodus of certain individuals. Not everybody. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, California still has the beach. There's no beach. I guess there is a beach in Texas down in the... What would it be? The southeast. But anyway, yeah. California's all beach. Beach is always nearby. So is traffic, though. And anyway. 
So there's been some high-profile moves to Austin specifically. Elon Musk, one of the latest, but Oracle moving there. Uh, Tesla putting the Cybertruck plant. Um, Rogan. Joe Rogan moved there. I'm thinking of other businesses. Hewlett-Packard moved there. Oh, okay. Like Silicon Valley businesses. Legit businesses employing people. Leaving, leaving California. Many from uh, San Francisco from the tech scene, have also targeted Texas as well as places like Denver and Miami. Uh, who else? Uh, Dropbox CEO Drew Houston and Open Door co-founder J.D. Ross moving to Austin as well. It's, it's a thing that's going on right now. Austin is a thing right now. Mm -hmm. I think we're well aware of that. And the more that those that move there brag about it, the more it encourages others to do right. the same. Yeah. And obviously, probably none of this happens or it doesn't happen as rapidly as it did without COVID. Yeah. COVID just amped this whole thing up. Everyone's happily paying those taxes in California when they were out at the restaurants, when they were out at the events, when right. they were at the comedy shows or when they were at the sporting events or when yeah. they were at the movie theater, let's say. Same with New York. Same with New York. When they were living the nightlife, it was like, I'll pay these taxes. It's a fun town. Yeah. You take, a lot, you take those things away long enough, people just reconsider. Uh, and obviously Elon Musk had whatever his issues were up in uh, the Bay Area with uh, his, his personal shutdown of the manufacturing facility in Fremont for those Teslas. So he was already kind of having at it with the, the local government over that. And so Texas represents this, not only is it the, the lower tax, but it's also like the freedom thing, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. The idea of a sort of more open zone, a less mm -hmm. regulated zone for, I don't know how, 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 how much that plays out from a practical perspective, but even just appearing to be that thing has been attractive to a variety of individuals. Yeah. I mean, Rogan always talks about uh, California being a tent city. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, tents on, on oh, yeah. the streets and stuff. Well, that's, yeah, that's another factor not mentioned in this particular article. Now, in the case of Florida, it's mostly people, the New York exodus goes that way to Florida. So mm -hmm. it's actually mostly the uh, financial Makes sense, companies, yeah. the investment companies. Like Goldman Sachs uh, moved down there to, where did they move to? West Palm Beach, no, Miami maybe, I don't know, somewhere down there. Uh, Blackstone, the world's largest private equity firm, headquartered on Park Avenue in Manhattan, opening an office in Miami. Uh, Goldman, yeah, Goldman Sachs, considering plans to shift asset management operations out of New York and down there. Uh, Charles Schwab himself. Hedge fund Elliott Management, moving its headquarters to West Palm Beach. So the, the uh, finance types are escaping New York for Florida, by the looks of it. And the tech types, previously on the West Coast, are seem to be targeting Austin specifically and Texas. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I mean, it's going to take a lot to get the to have the move take place fully, but with the remote work stuff going on, anyways, it's a little less complicated right now than it may have been previously. Yeah, because. You had this real dense uh, talent pool mm -hmm. that would be in this handful of cities, really, 
that you would need to be in to be competitive. Now that no one's going to any central place and that the remote work is, uh, people seem to, well, whether they like it or not, people seem to agree that it's the way to go for now and for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. uh, it's less important to try to congregate again around these talent pools. The talent is spread out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like these hubs are starting to diversify, at yeah. least in tech. Yeah. Now, will you never have hubs? I don't think so. People are still going to be want to be around people. Mm -hmm. So that's why it, like, it seems like Austin became another hub. Mm -hmm. But I think it will be more distributed, particularly with the remote work. You see people end up in, I don't know, Seattle, Denver, uh, Utah, wherever. Mm -hmm. Wherever uh, you got a you got a internet connection, you got a nice connection, yeah. and you got some decent living, then uh, maybe you'll end up there. Okay, this last one's a weird one. This one kind of stumped me a little bit. I saw this headline. I was like, "Wait, what?" Angel, devil, and blood red heart appear at Martian South Pole. So there's a picture of Whoa. Mars right there. Well, and before we go into this article too deeply here, before we get into the details. I want to ask you, just based on this initial peek at this image, do you see the angel, the devil, and the blood red heart in this uh, satellite image of Mars? I feel like I see the uh, angel and okay. the heart. That you, seems the obvious. You I got mean, the angel, the, you the got wing. the heart. Okay. The devil, I don't, I don't see. Yeah, neither do I. Is this a fish? <laughs> Is that a fish mouth? I don't see the devil either. Um, somebody's going to see it. Somebody's got to see it who's watching this. One of those puzzles? I hope someone sees it. Illusions. I tried. Yeah, I tried. Exactly. Your eyes. What were those What were those puzzles called? Uh, it was a book. Yeah. And it was a, a, a thing where you would squint your eyes and defocus them, and then you would see the actual image inside of the image. Magic, magic eye, eye puzzles. puzzles. Yeah, magic eye puzzles. Damn, those were a fad. Those were a thing yeah. for a minute. And I remember for ages I couldn't do it, and then I finally clicked oh. how to do it, and then I could just easily mm -hmm. get those images. They, they end up looking 3D. You were like the coolest guy. Yeah, you was, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Anyway, this one, uh, this is kind of interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool-looking image, obviously. Uh, this is a lot of dust, a lot of Mars stuff, apparently... The head, stuff. the head of the angel there, is uh, some sort of an impact. Is that what is that? Is that dust? The head of the, or is it just? Well, it's not water. Um, it's uh, I guess the halo around dust, the angel's right? head has steep sloping walls, so that's an impact crater right there. So that feature is the product of a meteorite collision that dug deep into the red planet's crust, building a crater and revealing the layers of ancient mm. sediment below. It's all red, you know, Mars. It's just different reds. Yeah. Pale reds, dark reds, brown reds, orange reds, red reds. How do you feel about that? Red? Yeah. I think the future's red. Okay. It's not neon uh, purple and oh, right. green. And it might go blue. neon for a bit first, and then eventually it's all pale tones right. and plainness, and eventually death for all. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> 